Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Buey, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering, what a trifecta. We're here to share tips, resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm. So you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Elise Bowie here with the Maximum Mom Podcast. And today I have my friend and coach, Melissa Shanahan, who I'm so grateful to have you on today. Thank you for joining us. I am honored because I'm not that trifecta that's typically on this. So I'm so honored. <laughs> I know, but you know what? It's my podcast, so I get to do what I want. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. I told Joey, I was like, you're going to come on. You're going to be my first male. And I was like, you've got the entrepreneurship tripled. So you count. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's so great. <laughs> well, I love for us to start with the part that I think is probably my bias self, the most important part is your family. I love to know what is the family part for you of this? When you look at your mom self, tell us a little bit, a little bit about your family. Okay. So I have a son who turns one today. So turning one today and yeah, isn't that wild? That's wild. Cause I remember before he came, I know, I know I, yeah, he is one year old. He is the coolest thing, the coolest thing. I just can't get over. I keep that. There was like a while where I was like, Oh, your tears are just hormones. And then now I'm there. I'm like, no, no, we're past that. You're back to normal. And you still just cry all the time because he's so amazing. And I feel so lucky. Oh, you are. I mean, one, he's so adorable, but don't they just every single day? Yes. 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 Yeah. I'm just amazed by him. And I have trouble, which we were kind of talking about this before we got on, but I have trouble. It's, it's just, it's a challenge for me to slow down and he's forced that in, in some really beautiful ways this year. And yeah, I mean, this has been the hardest year of my entire life for sure, (laughs) but it's been the, the best also. Um, so, Oh, that's amazing. I mean, in a way, I know it's probably a little bit hard to see. I would think having this year though, in COVID with a new baby, I mean, it's very hard, but also what a blessing to get to know your child in this, I mean, really deep, intimate way. I mean, you're around him all the time. Yeah. I probably should think of it more like that. I think the hardest parts have been just as it is for every single person that's on the podcast is juggling all of it. And so, yeah, it is a gift. It's a huge gift. I don't want to downplay that at all. And I, I feel really lucky that, I mean, the moms who have kids in school, that that's a whole nother thing. I, mean, I those, they're superhuman to me. They are. Oh, yeah. they are like superhumans yeah. on steroids with yeah. a mix of like badass Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yes. throw in like Serena Williams tenacity. Yes. I mean, they are wildly yeah. superhuman. Yes. I 100% agree. <laughs> I am in awe. Oh yeah. You know, I know humans will rise to what you hand them. I mean, you have two choices and most of the time humans will rise to it. And oftentimes it's not pretty. And I, we've all been asked to do that in our own way in our own lives this year. But, but those who have kids who need school and have been dealing with this, that's a whole different level that I, you know, I mean, you, you can handle anything. If you can handle this year with kids in school, (laughs) You're good. <laughs> you are good for sure. Yeah, you got the stamp of warrior on I mean, me. It's amazing. I I just I mean I say it all the time to my husband. I'll be like, you know, oh, I heard about this woman today, you know, who's doing this and this and navigating their new baby with cancer and they're in chemo and they're still remote learning with their three other children and right. And I'm just like, what in the yeah. world? The ability of these people to do this is just, it's really beyond comprehension to me. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think women are showing up this year 
in a way that, I mean, just makes me so proud of women. I mean, who are just, I mean, they're doing it and they're, they're also putting some boundaries down and bringing the men in and bringing the dads in to be like, yo, dude, you know, math as well as I do. Right. Sit down. Yes, yes, yes. I do think too, because now we're talking about this, it almost sounds like I'm like, this is the hardest year. And I'm, I'm, I do know that I have not had it as, as tough as it could be. I think part of what, if I could share what was running through my head or, or my heart is that having a kid cracked me open in a way that I have not experienced before. I feel very proficient at because of my coaching background and all of that i run models real quick in my head on circumstances thoughts feelings actions results and i could see my part i could see what i should flip i could see all of that but having a kid has opened up an emotional piece of me that has not been cracked open i haven't really allowed that to happen And I know that everybody listening to this, it's a mom knows exactly what I'm talking about. But as a new mom, that was new. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's been such an adjustment to, it's almost like, like I was really struggling the first six months. I was, I'm the kind of person that needs to make sense. Uh, like I, you all, all of us try to make sense of something, but I, this was looping in my head. How do I describe this experience? Because it's the hardest thing quite honestly, the most painful thing I've ever experienced emotionally and the most amazing thing I've ever experienced emotionally all packed into one. And I was talking to my coach who I love and she had the sentence. I was just telling Elise, I don't get a lot of one-on-one time with my coach. It's group and you do the work and sometimes you get some one-on-one time. And we were at a dinner, this is in July. We were at a dinner, socially distant, all of that. And I was trying to explain this to her and she said, um, no, no, it it is so amazing. It's so painful because of how much you love him. It is so, it's just, she tied this thing together for me in a way that I hadn't been able to do on my own. Maybe it was lack of sleep, maybe it was hormones, maybe it was everything, but it was really helpful to have someone help me wrap my head around why I am at both ends of the extreme totally so much now. And it's given me this, I've developed, I feel like this is a superpower of moms is that especially if you have more than one kid, I can't even like, this must be even more so, or there must be more breadth to this, but I have developed a capacity now that wasn't possible before I had him that I have a capacity to feel many things and to keep going anyway. I have a capacity to hold space for a lot more than I could have before. And- Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that is the superpower of moms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and moms, obviously I'm a mom of many. And when you have children that are all different, you know, and have different needs and sometimes like special needs or medical needs or whatever, your ability to hold that and them all in on your spectrum where they need to be, because it's always different and always moving. Right. Like what one child needs or the emotional work that a child needs can vary differently at any given time to a different child. And it's amazing to me because I see I'm at the, the flip side where I'm almost at my empty nest time. And I see the capacity now that has grown in me over the last 25, 26 years. And now that my kids are, are more out of the house, I'm like growing, creating building now in like, spades because I'm like wow check out the capacity that I have now I'm like right so I'm so freed up it's been fascinating to me to see just how much of me was put in to parenting you know and how and and I'm not begrudging it at all it needs to be and you know it's a a huge responsibility I think and and I think it's the most amazing responsibility as a human, for me at least, to be able to help maximize another human, you know, to get this human in your life. And in my mind, my job is to maximize that human to be their own very individualistic, free thinking, always learning, kind, compassionate human 
who has their own passions, goals, and whatever, but that aren't mirroring mine, but that are, you know, allowing them to come into their own. And that caused me to grow a lot. It's yeah. kind of hard, I think, when your child maybe goes in a way and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Right. You no, know, but you yes. can't be like that. You need to be like, cool. Allow them. To- awesome that you're exploring this. Yes. And more power to you. Yeah. I intellectually know and believe that my job is to foster the development of him at his just fully him. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. And there's probably just like you said, there's going to be things where I'm like, wait, 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 come back. (laughs) You should go left. Don't go right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Fascinating. Understanding something intellectually and then actually experiencing is two totally different things. And I do. So it's almost like, Oh, wow. I wonder what that's, I think I know what it's going to be like, but you, until you're, that's like reading a book on how to swim, get, you got to get in the pool and totally. there's going to be a point I'm in the pool and I'm thinking, Oh, this is what exactly is what I said I wouldn't do. This is how I said I would handle this. We're here, we're in it. So I know that it's all coming and yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll never forget sitting in the parking lot in a car with a, my freshman son who was going to this very fancy private school in Seattle. You know, it's like 25% of them go to Ivy League schools. And he just looks at me and he goes, I have no interest in any of that. He goes, I am going to be the best lineman in the state of Washington. He's like, that is my goal. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, fair enough. And then I was like, well, what does that mean to you? Like from an academic standpoint? And he was like, well, I'm going to have to do something because they kind of make you do something to play every week. So that's what I'll be doing. And I was like, yeah, okay. But, you know, really battling that parent thing of, oh no, you know, my child becomes a lawyer, doctor or engineer. Of course you need to make, you know, A's and B's. And of course you should be striving to do this. And it was really eye-opening to have a 14 year old boy really put, kind of put me to the test of. Sounds like he had such a sense of clarity. Oh, he so did. I mean, and he was just like, this is what I'm doing. This is what matters to me. And this is what is happening. And it was fascinating to watch that because then he ended up in a bad car accident between his sophomore and junior year ended up in a boarding school and worked his tail off to get back to football. That was what was driving him even then. And it's fascinating because I I really did embrace that. This is what motivates this child. Whether I agree with it, whether I think it's going to be, you know, carry over to a job, none of that mattered. I mean, what mattered was this was what was going to get him up every morning. This is what was going to get him to math class was the fact that he wanted to play every Friday night. And it's really interesting to really have to get over yourself, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as a parent and be like, what I think really isn't going to matter if it's not what's motivating him. I mean, yeah. I can think yeah. all I want about good grades. Right, right, it right. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, having to, I just, I was in awe of moms before I had a child, but now that I have a child, I, you know, I just, women are incredible. Women are incredible. Women without kids, just women are incredible. And I just see a new side now that I couldn't have seen before. Yeah, Yeah. I'm in awe. It is. I mean, when I had my first daughter, I'm adopted. So my first child was the first human that I was biologically connected to that I knew. And was that ever the most like, I mean, I was awash with emotion oh, when I yeah. laid there in the hospital with this baby. And I was like, she is the only human in this universe that I am biologically connected to. And it had, it was so powerful to me. I mean, yeah. I had the hardest time like getting over it and just being like, okay, it's okay. You're not going to like mess this up or, you know, right. it was just this really powerful thing and um Uh yeah you just it's hard to explain the crazy things that happen yeah do that's a that's a good point which by the way i'm so glad that i mean now you have multiple kids i don't even remember how many you have but you have multiple (laughs) kids and you're and you're like i mean i'm so glad you did how lucky you are that they're your kids i'm sure of that i don't know your children but 
how lucky that they get to have you as a mom. I mean, you are, you are such a strong example of what's possible and what I, I don't know. I just think it's so, so great to your point though, when you're talking about those quiet moments, when you're just trying to wrap your head around something that may not even to somebody else. I'd be like, huh? Like that doesn't really, but to you, you're like, no, no, I've got to like, <laughs> those things are the hardest to put into words because there's such a deep experience Oh yeah. that sometimes there isn't words for and so then you're just you're just left with the experience. There aren't going to be words to be able to sum it up, and and that is I don't know. It's just quite amazing. And I, a lot of raw emotion. I mean, yeah. that was the thing I found that first year of parenting was just some really raw emotion of you know realizing that there was so much I didn't know. Yeah. Like, you know, we kind of yeah. spent our whole life thinking, you know what I mean? We go through school, graduate school. We're like, oh, we know this. We do well at this. And then all of a sudden you have a child screaming at you for 10 hours or whatever. And right. you're like, um, excuse me, this is not how this is supposed to roll. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. There was something you just said that made me think, oh, it just left me. Don't you love that? See, that's your mom brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, it'll come back. It happens. It just happens. (laughs) Well, tell us now we're going to move away from our, our family side. Tell us a little bit about what you do, your entrepreneur side. And I know you're not a lawyer and you mentioned that already, but you work with us lawyers a lot. (laughs) I think you should have a pseudo law degree just for putting up with us. (laughs) I have, I have toyed for, for fleeting moments. And then I like, no, no, no. I like, should you just go to law school? I I feel like maybe that could help in some way. You should, um, because I don't want to be a lawyer. I just like want to be in your heads. And I want to be able to call BS on all the excuses that come up. That's what I really want. So, so I have Velocity Work is my company and we work with law firm owners, helping them grow on their terms. So whatever that means for them, my background is heavy in coaching, coaching, um, for productivity. I've, I've run the gamut. I got into coaching in 2007 and was certified in 2008 and have been running with it since then. But I do have a background in consulting for private practice owners, mostly dentists and doctors at a firm that I worked for. And when I left that firm very intentionally to do my own thing, I decided to choose attorneys instead of dentists and doctors. I had reasons for that, which I'm happy to go into if we want to. And I knew that the crossover was so so similar in the, all the things that I've had to help owners with prior, it applies here, different flavor, but same thing. So, so that's what I started doing and things have morphed over time. I used to only work one-on-one with people and now we've opened things up where we, we don't just have to be one-on-one with people and, um, kind of gives law firm owners who are a little earlier on their journey, a chance to get ahead with some of the material, but right. One-on-one. So yeah, it's been super fun, super eye-opening. Um, and, you know, to go back to the mom, woman, entrepreneur thing, I'm really proud of this last year. And I think all of us should be, no matter what, how it ended. If, you know, if you think back to, this kind of goes back to your the Mean Girl episode that you did, because we all just keep trucking. I, we don't, if you are an entrepreneur and if you are doing your own thing and you are a mom and you are juggling all these things, it's very likely that you don't stop to acknowledge and celebrate what the progress that you've made and how far you've come. And when I look back at 2020, I don't have much feeling about it. I I'm proud of course, but I don't, that's about it. Proud. Okay. on to the next thing. But if I look back on 2020, as if I'm looking at, um, someone I really adore, like, like a really close friend or my niece, or if I, if if I could see her making all the moves and doing all the things in 2020, all of a sudden my heart melts. And I just realized what a good job, you know, like really Pat, I would want to give her a hug and I would want to tell her like, you did amazing. Like just celebrate you, but we don't do that for ourselves. We don't have that same view for ourselves. 
And that's a shame because it's really easy to just keep trucking and keep creating and keep growing everything, firm, family, everything without stopping. And it's almost like it's, you know, at some point I, I think I'm catching myself early I'm, because I think if I were to keep going on to the next thing, you would get to this place where you would almost resent everything you've created because you've just built something bigger and you didn't stop to actually be present with it and actually celebrate it. And, you know, no one else is going to probably give you that hug and pat on the back like you would for your niece or whoever you would, you, you, we are responsible for doing that for ourselves and it's not second nature. So, well, and I think you mentioned and you bring up such a good point. If we're not stopping and being grateful and proud of what we've accomplished, when are we evaluating whether Mm -hmm. we want to keep going in that same direction or not? Oh, 100%. And I find, I mean, for me, it's important for me. I try so hard to do it monthly to really, you know, I set these goals at the beginning of every month. I'm like, you know, a religion. And then at the end of every month, I compare, like, did I meet them? Did I not meet them? And then at the bottom, I have this little sheet I use. And at the bottom, it says, are you still going in the right direction? Mm. Because I, because you know how you set goals often at the beginning of a year. Mm -hmm. And I have to say last year was a perfect example of the goals that I set in December, 2019 were not applicable in April, 2019. I had to make real changes. Yeah. And I think if I didn't have that reminder, I mean, I guess I'm kind of slow on the uptake. I need that monthly, you know, are you going in the right direction? Because it helps me to really reevaluate every month. Is this where I should be going? Have there been any changes? And it gives me permission to change direction. Yeah. Because sometimes I think we get in our minds what our goals are and we almost feel like we're failing if we're changing direction. Yeah. And and I think that, and when you said at the beginning of this show, and I want to talk to you more about this, how you help law firm owners grow in whatever way is meaningful to them. Yeah. So many coaches do not have that mindset. Mm -hmm. They're all about having you grow to grow. Right. And I don't know that growing to grow is necessarily what the goal is for everyone. No. I mean, some people are not growing specifically to have more time. They might have a child at home. They're addressing, you know, schooling issues or maybe they're going through a divorce or, you know, whatever the case. Yeah. may be. But I mean, having that support in your coach to allow you to grow based on what the owner's goals are, that is priceless. Yeah. I think it's important. I think otherwise we get ourselves into, to put it mildly, a pickle because yeah. you, you grow yourself into something you don't want to do anymore. Exactly. I, it happens all the time and, and it happens so easily It kind of innocently. We're just doing the best we can. We keep trucking. Of course, new client, of course, we want more new clients. You just pile things on and of course you grow and there probably is more money, but you're not healthier and you're not enjoying things and you're not present and you're probably short with people around you. And you're probably like your life quality isn't probably what you would want, you know? Right. But I do think and I've seen enough examples of it that I know it's possible to grow and at the same time have better quality of life. Mm -hmm. And I think people think that's a pipe dream. I think they think, well, I only want to grow till here because if I keep growing, then that means I'm not going to have time and I'm not going to be able to do all these things. And that, that is not true. What people think is a pipe dream actually is not a pipe dream. It just requires that you're very intentional and that you, like you said, I love how you said that. I love that question. Am I going in the right direction? Like everything we do at velocity work is centered around annual planning and quarterly planning. And that's your time to lift your head and evaluate and make decisions for the next quarter. And, you know, for the year, but you don't just like plow through the year you keep asking yourself and and checking in and reviewing and all of that. And I think that 
that I, I heard a coach recently. I could not believe this. I wanted to reach to the microphone and, and shake this person, not because I don't like them because I'm just like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. She, she's a coach. And she said, um, I used to want to hit a million dollars, but I don't, I'm not, that is not my goal because that would mean I have to less time with my kids and less time with my family. And I was like, don't tell your audience that that's not true. You know, I just think it's easy to believe that, right. but I, guess I feel really blessed and lucky. I've seen plenty of examples of people who have grown ridiculously grown beyond their wildest dreams. And they got more time. They know what to do with. They're good. Right. And so <laughs> it, it's like, it's just what you, what's what you, what you've seen, I guess, as models yeah. is really helpful. And maybe that person just hasn't had those models that I've had the privilege of seeing. But right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm on a rant. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> but I mean, I think that is really important to drill down on the issue of what is possible. Kind of like what you were talking about. You might want to go to law school just so you can call BS on the stuff we say. Right. And that's kind of part of that. Yeah. You know, like when people say things like, oh, no, I'm not going to, you know, get past a million dollar. Like if I just get there, I'll, I'm good. I don't yeah. need this or I don't need that. And a lot of that is BS, you know, yeah. that's us putting limits, I think, yes. on ourselves yes. that are not necessarily based in anything. They're just based in almost like a mythology around what it is or what it isn't. Yeah. I so think true. it's real important to have a coach who will push on those and say, you know, like, no, yeah. you know, like, let's explore that, you know, where, yeah. where does this thought come from? The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer and Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. When you were talking about your whole, you know, your model, like the circumstances, feelings, thoughts, action, results, I mean, do you help your clients understand that model? Oh yeah. They, they, I think, I think they secretly hate it, but I, but they probably secretly love it. I don't know because it is the thing that unlocks everything else. So everything. I don't, what, what I am going to make a more concerted effort to do this year is to talk to the, the group, the, the membership community that I have. I want to teach them about it and because it's, it lifts the lid off of everything. It does. So I'm, I'm going to do that this year, but with private clients or even, even members that hire me for one-on-one -on -one sessions, we don't have a call without talking about, because it, it forces you to own your results, yeah. every action you take, every emotion that you're feeling and every thought that you're thinking. And it doesn't mean that it always has to be positive poly. Like that's not the goal is to always feel good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but the no. goal is to understand that you do create your own internal emotional experience. It's not, somebody else can't do that. So when, even though sometimes I say sentences like this sort of flippantly, he is annoying the hell out of me or whatever we would say. Really, truly, if, if, if you really want to get down to it, that's impossible. Exactly. He is doing something. Your thoughts about him are creating an emotion inside of you. They're creating frustration or irritation. So what is your perspective on that human doing that thing? And so that's a super overly simplified way to explain how you could use this, but owning it instead of saying, don't give your power to your exactly. team member that's frustrating you or yeah. all. That, I mean, to me, it is understanding that model and understanding how not to give your power away, but even more important than that to me, to not give my sense of well-being to another person. Exactly. Like, why exactly. would I want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it is interesting. Recently, I my son, who's 23, 
I'm trying to think how old he is. He's 23 and he was really struggling with his employer. So I just, you know, did the probably not so cool mom thing. And I literally walked him through that whole thing. And I was like, you might not want to hear this, but I'm like, I'm going to just share it with you anyway. And I really walked him through and he was just like, okay, mom, where did this woo woo stuff come from? You know. So then I gave him some books to read. So he didn't think I was just like, you know, off on my, you know, crazy world in my own head. And it was interesting because I do think it allows me And I don't know if he's totally following it, but I see some real instances where he'll say, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to let that person take me down that rabbit hole. Or he'll say things like, well, I've started running more to address how I was, you know, feeling or coping. And I was like, well, you seem to me that is a win. That is, you know, 20s kid. What a gift. I mean, imagine I know for me, if I had learned that model at oh. like 20, I mean, woohoo, my yeah. life would have looked different if yes. I did not continually give away my well-being I know. to other people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. High school for me was oh. painful. It, like, I think that if I had that, it wouldn't have fixed everything, but it just would have helped me see something from real truth. Totally. Instead of this story that I was just going off of and that you buy well, into. And I found even as a parent, I mean, I didn't have the model in my head, but I know like with my first child, when she would be up crying and stuff, I mean, I would get really wrapped around the axle about it, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get her back to bed or whatever. By the time the second one came along, I was like, this is the most futile, ridiculous thing that I do. And I didn't know what other mothers were doing, but I was like, I am not doing that anymore. I'm like, I am going to entertain myself doing something while this child is up. I mean, I became like the soap opera diva. I would just tape soap operas and watch them. I mean, this obviously was a long time ago, but But I mean, I totally get it. Yeah. I would just be as happy as a clam. And I'm like, here we are up nursing, doing whatever. And I just stopped the fight. Yeah. There was no more wrestling a baby to sleep. And I thought I'll get to sleep sometime. Like I'm just not even going to worry about it. And it revolutionized my yeah. parents. And I mean, then, you know, kid after that and kid after that, like I was just, I was pretty joyful even when they yeah. were up in the middle of the night. Cause I figured out how to make that time be a positive time and really right. flip that into yes. a negative thing to a, how cool that I get all this just quality time with this child, you know, and, and just with myself, you yeah. know, being able to think I would listen to books. I mean, back then we had like a Sony CD player and I'd listen yeah. to books on CD. I mean, and just be as happy as a clam. Yeah. There's a coaching tool I learned from the first coach certification that I went through called bag it, barter it, or better it. If there's something you have to do either, or there's something on your to-do list, you either bag it, like get rid of it totally, barter it, delegate it, hire it out, whatever, barter it or better it and find a way. So that's, you bettered it. Yeah. You bet you just tur- turned on something that you made that time better, right? Like, right. you know, or more fun or something. So yeah, that's so interesting. That's so, that is definitely, cause you can't delegate that. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. well, you can yeah. now. Yeah, maybe. Well, and it's funny because I have a tool. It's kind of similar. It's do it, d- delegate it, or delete it. And that's yes. for my emails. Like you do the thing, yes. or I delegate it, or I delete it. Like there's did you no- learned that from Susan Hyatt. I'm sure I did. Yeah, because that's so Susan and I were in the same. That's the best. We, you know, we're all back then. We we're all trying to find our, our own way of saying things. Right. I loved that. I liked her three D's better than the three B's. I think it was yeah. Susan. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's been really helpful to me because I never look at an email twice. I mean, it's bad, though, sometimes because I'm like, sorry, I, you know, did my do it, delegate or delete it. So if I if you don't yes. give me a quick thing, I mean, yeah. I'm going to end up either delegating or deleting because I'm lost. a paragraph in yes (laughs) yeah my gosh yes that's so funny I do think I should I should I walk through people just what each thing means so people know what we're talking about okay C stands for so CTFAR is what Elise and I keep talking about C stands for circumstances those are facts those are things that happen it's just the way of it so COVID no control yeah you have no control in the C line we call that the C line T stands for thoughts. You have a thought about the circumstance. 
it's a recognizing what that is. So, uh, it, you, another way, if, if thought feels a little hard to wrap your head around, no pun intended, it's like a sentence in your mind that exists about the circumstance. It's your opinion about the circumstance. Sometimes it feels like a fact though. So I hesitate to use the word opinion, but that's a thought line. The F line F stands for feeling. That's one word emotion. And that is always created by your perspective. It's always created by what you're thinking. And so if you think a a low quality thought, you're going to have an emotion that probably doesn't feel so hot. If you think a really high quality thought, a deliberate intentional thought, you curate your own internal experience. And so that's an emotion, one word. And then actions and results are the last two lines. So the A line and the R line. Actions are the things, the behavior you display in the world. And then R is the results that you create because of the actions you took and et cetera, et cetera. So what's interesting is your thought about the circumstance creates your feeling state. And from that feeling state, you take a very specific kind of action. And from those actions will get you a certain kind of result. And people try to fix their emotions through their action line most of the time. And it doesn't work. It will backfire. It may work short term or temporarily, but if you don't change your thoughts and your perspective and your opinion about the thoughts, the sentences in your mind, you're screwed. You're always going to come back to that default emotion that you don't like. You have to change your thinking. So that's a, that's a really simplified version, but it's so cool. Cause you can use this to create whatever you want. You it's can plug awesome. in. It's awesome. You can plug whatever you want in the result line. For example, you want to create a million dollars, put that in the R line and work backwards. What do you need to think and feel and do in order to create that? It's not just a list of actions. It has to be you too, which is the thinking and feeling. It's so cool. You can, you can do a lot with the model. It's, it's just, I think it is the most life altering thing I've ever learned. Actually. I I don't disagree. And to help you think that, I mean, even when I find I'm thinking something and I'll catch myself, you know, I'll be like, well, that was a really unproductive thought, Elise. And so then I literally like have to sit down and I'm like, okay, let's think about, I mean, you know, being the good lawyer that I am, I think about all the possible thoughts that I could have. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then I literally kind of have to direct myself sometimes. I'm like, well, you know, if you go this line, this is kind of going to hand you over here. I'm like, yes. and that's not where you want to be. So let's go back and let's start over here and oh, yeah. flip that thought. And then let's go down this path. And sometimes it's hard because you know what I mean? Sometimes that's not necessarily your very first thought. Right. And so you kind of feel a little inauthentic almost because you're, you're purposefully choosing a different thought. Yes. But I have found over time I mean, there are many things I've actually changed my initial thought on through practice. Yes. And and now I can see circumstances like COVID as being an example. I mean, initially I was, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How's the firm going to make it? You know, how am I going to pay everyone? And then I kind of went down a rabbit hole, figured all that out. And then I went back and said, okay, now COVID is an opportunity for me to double down and we are going to thrive through this. And yes. then I went down that rabbit hole. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But because I was able to go down that negative rabbit hole first, and I, I do this a lot where I will play out my negative, if I oh, have a negative thought, same. and I'll play it all the way down to its result Yes. so that I can get my head around it and then put it aside. That's the smartest thing to do because it's really? like, that's what we call in, in the coaching world, there's unintentional models and intentional models. And you always have to start with your unintentional, like default. You always play it all the way through. You do it. Even if you're like, yeah, yeah, I know where this ends up. No, fill in every line because that is like, understand the way of it. Understand, like get awareness on how all the things that stem from one sentence, you know? So right. And then just like what you said, you create your intentional model. What am I going to think on purpose and then feel on purpose and do on purpose? And what result am I creating on purpose? That is a totally different. It's so empowering to, yeah, to, to flip it and, and know that you control your own experience. You can't control the world. Oh gosh. You can control your, your experience of it and the results that you create. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. 
It is. It's very empowering. I mean, and as a divorce attorney, I love explaining Mm. it to clients because talk about an amazing arena for somebody to be able to flip that thought and learn to flip that thought of maybe, you know, they're looking at divorce initially, they're the victim of a divorce, whereas maybe they need to look at it as an opportunity, you know, for what is going to happen moving forward. And I find that people can really understand that model. So I'm so glad you explained it to people because- Oh, yeah. That's actually, with relationships, I find it really useful because it's so easy. I, I think a lot of painful experiences happen in relationships because of our thoughts about the other person. Oh, And it's not them. And it's so easy to think that they are the problem. Right. And- when you take responsibility, you take responsibility for how they make you feel, you create your own feeling states. And it's almost like the worst news that you have for people when you start to get into this, but it's the best news ever. Cause it's like, they're responsible for how crappy they feel. And they don't really like, no, no, it's on that. It's because of my husband or because of whatever. No. And so when you own that, it's so, uh, it's like, Oh, Oh, like, you know, it's that. It's like, oh, so then I, I control the levers. I, you know, that's a totally different game. I mean, literally, I mean, for me, it was so revolutionary because I, you know, I went through a divorce and my ex was never great at paying child support or spousal maintenance. Like, and I was always going at him like, dude, we got a lot of kids, you know, you need to pay your part. And he was always just like, well, I don't have the money or whatever. You know, there's a million different things. And but there was that same push and pull. And then when I learned this, Mm. I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, this is so not the way for me to spend the rest of my life. And so the circumstance was still the same, but I was able to completely change my thought. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the nicest thought, but I was like, I'm going to earn circles around this guy. Yeah. He is giving me the greatest opportunity to shine. Yeah. And so I literally took that and have run with it. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing to, because I don't feel any of that negativity or whatever. I mean, if anything, I'm like, sure, you can come stay at my house or you want to borrow this, go for it. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. And super empowering to just, and it all started with that flip of a thought. It, it changes your focus. Your, you just get focused on the right stuff, which is me. You yeah. know, what I mean? like, yeah. it, it brings you back to yourself. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I mean, to me, that's, you know, I'm the easiest person to fix. Cause at least I have control over me. You yeah. know what I mean? Even yes. if I'm being a hot mess, I can acknowledge that and fix it. Whereas obviously I can't fix anything else. You know right. what I mean? Outside. Yes. Yeah. I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. That's so, so it's good. amazing. It is. And I mean, this is the stuff behind all the, I think attorneys, the reason I haven't explained it to groups yet is because I'm still trying to figure out the way that attorneys will hear me when I say thoughts and feelings. And a lot of, a lot of people will, but there's a lot that are like tune you out. As soon as you say that they're like, no, no, let's focus on actions and results. I'm like, I'm getting there. That's what I'm doing. Patience. <laughs> I know. So I, I try to, I, it's like, I, sometimes I take a back door to, I ask them the right questions. I know where I'm going with this because if you, if you tell them up front what you're doing, it's almost like they don't, they don't want to plug in the same yeah. way. And, but all of this, that my point was all of this matters when you're growing on your own terms. And because if this is how people, if you focus on actions and results and you don't focus on your thoughts and your feelings and your experience and the results that you want to create and why you want to create those results, like all of this is tied up in, you you have models you're running all day long, whether you have an awareness to it or not. And so you might as well wake up to them and you might as well get on board with if figuring out what you do want, what you do want to create and what do you need to think and how, how do you need to feel and what do you need to do to create that? There is an avenue and I, I'm really passionate about helping people hit a million dollars, hit $4 million, whatever they want 
but doing it in a way that is aligned with making sure that they're always taking responsibility for themselves and they are creating their reality for themselves. And that looks different from firm owner to firm owner. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's easy. That's why I have such an aversion to the word blueprint. It drives me batty. Cause I'm like, there's no blueprint. If well, you want to grow for the sake be. of growing, yeah. maybe there's a blueprint, but yeah, it's just not gonna. It doesn't work. No. Well, and I know, cause I've worked with a lot of different coaches through the years. And one of the struggles that I've had, everyone has tried to get me to pay my team less. I mean, this has been this like across the board. Except for me. I did not do that. (laughs) I mean, people are all like, you need to pay your team less. And I'm always like, can y'all just please back off my team salary? And it's, but it's something that it matters to me on a very personal level. And it, it often I'm sure comes from when I was a single mom trying to work and, and I felt like I was working my tail off. I was away from my children trying to pay for schooling and my boss was taking all this money and it felt really bad to me. It felt yucky. And I knew I never wanted to create that same thing. I wanted to create more of a a situation that felt fair and I Ah. could like really sit with someone and explain it. And I could, I could show them, I could be very transparent about the profit, the expenses, their income, and really show them. And so it's been a real struggle because I have felt that people have a hard time with me having a different percentage model than is the blueprint percentage model. But it seems like I can decide what profit I want. Like that is absolutely within yes. my power. Yes, 100%. I think there's, uh, th- yeah, the reason that you just hit the nail on the head, the reason, one of the reasons I don't like blueprints and and I, I just want to caution people to be very skeptical of the blueprint, right? Because, because you as an owner need to get very good at making calls, making decisions and liking your reasons for them and having your own back and going all in period. And if you're listening to what someone else is telling you, you should think these are the decisions you should make. These are the, you are outsourcing that, that skill that you need to develop. And so you're going to become a two, $3 million firm owner and you don't have that ability or that skill to make decisions, big decisions fast and have your own back and go all in, not dip the toe all right. in. Right. And I, so what you're saying it like, that's a really good point is that you, what I've known about you for, since I first knew you was that you, you, you had a percentage that a lot of consultants and coaches were like, no, you should, you should get that down a little bit or whatever. And I really knew you, that was a non-negotiable right. and you liked your reasons for it. I will never go up against an owner that has that stance. All right, let's fo- move on. Right. That's it. You can create anything you want to create just because yeah. you have a percentage that seems ridiculous to someone else does not mean that your business is in trouble. Trust me, clearly looking at you, things are all right. Like <laughs> you're, you're, you are growing And that is a non-negotiable for you. And it doesn't have to be a different way. You made a decision, you went all in on it. It's a non-negotiable let's move. And you do that. So I just think other, there's other things we can tweak. You know what I mean? There's other level levers we can look at. And that's the thing I'm like, can we all just be a little more creative here? You know, one thing. And obviously for us being virtual, that's a huge thing we can yeah. Do because we've been virtual forever. I don't pay real estate amounts. Right. So I can pay people more or, you know, there's other things. And I just, I also think people, there's cycles in life. When we look at being a mom, a business person, there are cycles in our lives where maybe at one point you do need more money in as profit. I mean, maybe yeah. you are paying all these private school tuitions in college and right. you're things. And then maybe other times, you're not, I mean, you don't need as much in, and maybe that is a time to tweak things. And I guess that's, I like to be able to change and, and make adjustments based on what I need and what my team needs at the time. 
and you know, like way you can COVID, do that is to lift your head every, for you, it's every month, but every quarter as an example, absolutely evaluate, learn your lessons, make a plan for the next, however you're planning for it. Right. Yeah. And so well, when I you think do that, COVID, you can adjust. COVID provided such an opportunity, I think for us to really learn about how we do need to lift our heads, because if you kept your head down too much last year, I mean, there was trouble, you know, yeah. like you were missing some things, right? And because right. stuff has been happening. It was kind of a forced, it's probably, I think, I know, I don't like wish this ever to happen again. And I would, but you know, there's some silver linings. And I think most people probably feel that way, but it forced a lot of people to get clear. Oh, yeah. To push pause. I have so many clients that came this year that said like right at the, in June, right after COVID was really a thing and said, I want what I have right now. That's what I want to create. I want the space that I have. I've right. never had the space. I've never had time. And now I have it. Isn't that and awesome? I do want my business to grow, but I never want to go back to what I was doing. Right. It's like, all right, let's dig in. Yeah. And I talked to a lady today who, um, about, she might come on as an attorney in our office. And she was so cute. Cause she was like, we're not ever going to have to go back to an office. Are we? I was like, no, we've been virtual for, you know, the whole time. I said, COVID was a non-issue for us from a, that perspective. Yeah. And she was like, oh my gosh, I love feeding my chickens during the day. And I thought, <laughs> that's amazing. I was like, I love that too. Yeah. It's, I want that for you. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like if everyone could go feed chickens in the middle of the day, work would feel less stressful. Right. Right. She's probably a very pleasant human. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I am so grateful to have had you as my guest today. I cannot tell you. I mean, Melissa, I could have you every week. I love uh, talking to you. I love talking to you too. This has been so much fun and it's feel it's, yeah, it's just fun to go on tangents and see where the conversation goes. It always goes somewhere fun with you. So. Absolutely. I love that. Well, and you've helped us so much. Now, how can people reach you if they want to get in yeah. touch with you, learn more about your group program, more about your one-on-one coach? Yeah, they can go. So our website's velocitywork.com and there's a free masterclass there. There's a, some things that spell out like how, if you want to, get involved somehow you can, but there's also a way to just schedule a call. And I love meeting new people. So if someone's curious and, and they just want to know more, I am happy to just chat and give you the scoop and you can make a call from there, but there's a way to do that on the website. Thank you so much. Well, we will add that to the show notes and make sure that people have your contact information. And so I really appreciate it and good luck. And I hope you have a great January. Thank you. You too. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay. Bye, Melissa. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom Podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time.